Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'll ever be. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, it's Mike. And it's nothing but the truth of our, my journey to find it. Found it in the Word of God. And I'm with uh, brother in Christ, Larry Phillips. And we were talking last night about doing a show uh, tonight, and so we're doing it. And, uh, you know, Larry and I were discussing uh, maybe that the topic tonight would be, um, if the Spirit leads us, uh, what, is it, what does it mean to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, in a world, a fallen world that uh, does not believe, and um, you know you're surrounded by a bunch of reprobates and, <laughs> and etc. <laughs> and uh, I, I, how do we go about this? So, Larry, thank you for joining me again as a brother in Christ. I appreciate your willingness to even spend time with me, as I find it's very rare, and I'm sure you know that too, the rarity of it is these days to have the chance to be with a brother in Christ. It is, and I I find it, I, uh, I'm as much appreciative too, so it works both ways, brother, and it's an honor to be with you tonight. And this is a profound subject we're talking about. I mean, there's so many implications to it. You know, I really, it's one of those, it's one of those statements I was thinking about in Proverbs, uh, the 16th chapter, the 7th verse says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. You know? And, um, I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's that's pretty profound. When a man pleases the Lord, man's ways please the Lord. You know, so some, it tells me I must not be pleasing the Lord sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sometimes my enemies aren't at peace with thee at all. So, um, you know, and then, of course, you can go back to Lamentations. 352, and he says, my enemies chase me sore like a bird without a cause. So it works both sides of the aisle there, you know, and how should, you know, how should we uh, interact with other people that, what's your take on this subject, as for starters? Well, uh, first I want to say hi to Andrew. Thank you for joining us. Um, Yeah, um, I, you know, I'm sure God's going to teach me a very powerful lesson to all of us, but I dare not be so bold and arrogant as to think I know the answer. But, you know, in the past uh, week or two, a couple of weeks, you know, there's, God's been, uh, you know, has introduced me and been around people who are, Far from believing in the Word of God and in our Lord Savior Jesus Christ, they're pretty much anything in which you would describe. You know the reprobate in Romans chapter one, and um, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I really don't. That's why I guess we're having this conversation because I don't <laughs> honestly know what the right answer is. You know, if you're in the workplace, if you're uh, someone that has to work, and you're uh, one of God's elect, well, you're going to have to deal with this all around you. You're going to have all, not only are you going to have uh, people who, uh, uh, people of the world, if you will, but you can also have, uh, you know, people that claim to be Christians, 
and then there's going to be, you know, brothers in Christ, and uh, they're where where they're at type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's a it's a comp it's a it's it's a it's a, a juggling act that's impossible to do without God. First of all, and secondly, it's it can be very exhausting. And so, meaning that if the worrying or the focusing on it, it potentially can be very exhausting, uh, you know, because we can't change anybody. You know, I was thinking about the guy that was helping me with the chicken coop that will now be a shed is, uh, you know, he's a reprobate, a sodomite, and everything, it turned out. And I'm like, what do we do? I mean, I, I just started talking to him, actually, about Romans chapter 1, and and even prayed for him, <laughs> and prayed with him. <laughs> I I don't know what the, if they even did the right thing. I don't know. But I didn't know what to do. So I said, God, what am I supposed to do here? Inside, and just like, you know, what do I do? So, I did share my faith in my Lord and Savior. And strangely enough, this guy says he believes. Uh, but clearly he doesn't. Um, or maybe maybe he does, and I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. I, you've walked this journey much uh, longer than I have, so I've, I'm just trying to stay as humble as I can about this and maybe be disciple to learn something. But, you know... I do not know, but I find it very strange, and maybe it's always been this way, because you see this in the, and we've talked about this numerous times already, uh, or mentioned it at least, about the prophets of old, and all of them seem to be very much in an isolated type of situation, very alone, which is the Lord, and maybe this is really what it's all about in the beginning. How much do we want the, or how, how much of a desire do we have to um, really have the faith in the Lord? Of course, we know we talk over and over again that we we can't do it on our own. He has to give it to us. So, but we certainly, as time goes on, uh, we still ask for more faith. And, Really, what we're really asking for is to have a more meaningful and personal relationship with our Creator and our, and our Savior. And uh, I don't know. <clears throat> it seems to me that it's is it the question mark I have is it is it really do we find it in other people interacting with other people, or do we do what we know? A lot of times, you just you know isolate ourselves from the world. You know, as time goes on, and as it's the you know become more and more, um, God draws us out of the world, and we become more and more estranged to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I care. Yeah. I care about people. Like you know, this friend of mine, uh, she stopped by. And, when I knew her, she was a Christian. Now she's a, a you know, a Buddhist, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm the person saying, "Hey, Jesus is real." <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. I really don't know what the answer. Does anybody know what the answer is? And what a, what a, what a predicament to be in. And well, it's got a lot. You know, I, I think, I think that we. I think we've been given some answers, you know, back to the Word of God again. I think He's given us some good counsel. Um, you know, there there seems to be um, on the one side, you know, Paul talks about how that he was persecuting the Christians, and then when Christ uh, 
brought Paul to himself and, sh- and revealed himself to Paul, these Christians really were a little bit afraid of Paul. And then, of course, David, back in the 119th Psalm, this might want to look at this, really kind of goes along with what you were saying. Uh, Psalms 119, 157, uh, and he says, Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do I not decline from my testimonies. And um, that that's just basically what you were saying. And all these people, if these people are not believers, are we supposed to just go hide in the corner somewhere? Um you know, there's also the aspect of redemption from our enemies. In other words, not just redeemed as far as our soul. Um, there's a, uh, I'd have to look it up, but I know there's a scripture somewhere that says we've been redeemed from our enemies. In other words, there is a, this is part of the, you know, a lot of people have accused me of having monastic tendencies. <laughs> Well, Larry just, you know, yeah, I kind of live at the end of the world. I'll admit that. I live out here in the National Forest. And, and uh, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day, and he hit it on the, it was like he had hit it square on the nail head. He said, Larry, he says, I find that, I find that um, there's a, there's a correlation between the number of problems I have and the number of people I have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true, you know. So if you if you want less problems, just deal with less people. But uh, you know, we're told to be a light. We're told to be a light. You know, do not let our light don't don't cover it under a bushel. We used to sing that song all the time. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. And then, of course, the other side of it is we're told to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. And I think that is referring to um, those that are are fellowshipping in false doctrine. I think that's what that's referring to. In other words, people that are in groups that are proclaiming things that are not in the Bible. And so we, our fellowship should be with those of, of like faith as far as around the gospel. But as far as out in the daily living, you know, when you go to the grocery store, fill your car up with gas, whatever, uh, I, I, I think that we should pray constantly that God would be with us and protect us and give us wisdom and that we would be filled with his spirit when we're amongst the world because they hate God and they hate his word. And we're living in some, we're living in some really, really perilous times. I mean, I was thinking last night when we were talking about this subject about the new Testament church, you know, not necessarily the old Testament saints, but the new Testament church after Christ ascended back to heaven, these Christians went through a lot. I mean, they were one of the reasons a lot of them worship from house to house is they were underground. They didn't want it to be out where they were worshiping because they were being so persecuted, you know. And we see the evidence of that with Stephen being stoned. And there were many martyrs during that time period. And you know what? The possibility exists that we might see that same kind of persecution again. And oh. so the question, the question oh, I have, yeah, Michael, very strong. Yeah. So Michael, the question I have for you, <laughs> put you on the spot, um, is when you know if that time does come, where we're asked to, you know, either, you know, relinquish our our confession of faith with Christ, or or die. Um, you know, Peter says, I'll never deny you, you know. But leading up to it, I mean, even right now, I mean, just, I mean, it's all around us. I mean, you can see uh, the prevalence of this whole 
I got an email, I think it was from Mike Luckham the other day, all these activities of Pope Francis and how he's trying to usher in all of this ecumenical activity and bring all everything under one umbrella, you know. Um, what should our, what should our response be to those that are or have drunk the Kool Aid that have bought into you know whether they're Buddhist or Hindu or or whatever religion they're in? I mean, should we just kind of be passive or should we be active in our in our uh, confession of faith to those people? I don't know. You... <laughs> I, I mean, this you know it's it's really <clears throat> it's interesting. Uh, so my friend, you know, came over today. Uh, I, yeah. Well, last night. I haven't talked to her in a, since she graduated from uh, uh, college. She did a little college thing. And uh, so the, the graduation party, she invited her friends. And, man, talk about sticking out like a sore thumb. This is like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. And I show, I show up, and I just start, you know, and by the time everything, well, I'm leaving, it, it's like people are calling me crazy because I'm talking about the uh, <clears throat> Rome, Maryland, and the Carroll brothers, and the early <laughs> history. This one guy is he's, he's, he's a history buff, and 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 then the other just a young guy. This guy, you know, he ends up he's got that. I don't know if you've seen that symbol. Of the hand, of the palm of the hand with the five, oh, yeah. Yeah. with the eye in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. And you see this in all these pagan religions, whether it's uh, Muslims or even Jews or whoever, they all like to, to parade around with this. And he had it around his neck, and I said, oh, are you Jewish or something? Or He just looked <laughs> at me and started getting really just irritated at me. And I was like, huh. And I didn't say anything. I just asked him if he was Jewish, because a lot of Jewish people like that, <laughs> that stuff. And I, she told me today that that guy that I talked to is now a girl. He's oh, now wow. a woman. Oh, yeah. And that she has had a sex change. And I was just like, really, God? Because it's, like, it's like everywhere around me, uh, it's like effeminate, sodomites, uh this is the town I grew up in. Uh, this is there. No one was openly gay when I was went to high school, and now everyone's flaunting around. This is legalizing of gay marriage. Now I don't care about the gay marriage part of thing. My personal opinion: the government shouldn't be involved in any of it. So I don't know why anybody would want the government to license you like a dog in the first place. But the fact of the matter is. Things are going down in hell. I mean, I'm talking about Sylvania, Ohio, folks. Now, that might not mean anything to you, but it's not that much different than probably where you live. It's just that you're just a little further away from folks, and you're a little more spread out, Larry. But, you know, this is good old America town, you know? I mean, this is, you know, parade and, you know, Labor Day and Memorial Day and... uh marching down the street and flags waving and all that and uh, I think what we're witnessing is what they're talking about in the Old Testament was and uh, what what Paul was talking about and I don't know what the answer is because you know what uh, I know that I can't change anybody only the Spirit of God can the only reason why you and I are talking is because God <laughs> I know this that's right. You know? Yeah. And why did Michael this? Why did he lead me this direction? And these same group of people that I knew maybe five years ago, look where they're going. One becomes a he's attending the Buddhist temple. The other one guy uh, is now a, a, I can't remember what his new name is. I, don't know, I just but just my mere presence bothers people. And how am I to, I mean, I'm not going to not talk about God. I, I can't not not talk about him. It's in me, you know what I mean? It's like when that guy has helped me out and he's a satamite, you know. I, I'll t- I'm going to tell you something. This is what happened to me. And please forgive me for the graphic, deep uh, language here, folks. But 
So, but this guy really, and this is, <laughs> I mean, oh, he's been, he was helpful, but you know, his motives were what a sodomite uh, motive would be. I think he was hoping, well, in fact, I know he was hoping for something out of me. And he said, I got to tell you something. I really like to blank. I really like to suck blank. And I'm like, really, God? I mean, I don't have any friends in this world outside of the, my intermittent friends. And I'm so grateful for folks like you, Larry. They're in my life. But everywhere I go, everywhere I go, and anybody that I get in contact with these days are out of their freaking minds. Complete stranger comes up to me, you know, and I thought your guy he was a chicken farmer and he's had a farm and raised chickens. It turns out, you know, I thought he was just a good old boy, you know what I mean? And, he, and he's like trying to hit on me and wanted. I'm like, dude, I'm as straight as an arrow. I don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Oh well, yeah, probably, you're, probably, you know. probably, probably you don't know what I'm doing. Uh, what I'm talking about? I'm flabbergasted. I mean, I'm a half a century old almost, and. This stuff is happening to me, and oh, I just—it's all over, you know. It's and you know what? It's like I was telling someone the other day. Uh, with media being what it is, you know, uh, even though I live at the end of the world, the other people that live at the end of the world with me, which is not that many, but uh, unlike I don't own a television, but they all do, so they're in the same mindset as all the people that live in L.A. or. New York or Chicago, so it, it's no different even out in the rural areas now, you know. And so there is, I think a, there is a separation. And in First Corinthians sixteen twenty two, we're told, "If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, Maranatha." Okay. In other words, at some point, when people are demonstrating. The fact that they do not love Christ and they don't have any interest in Christ. Now, if it's if a person is showing a receptivity of the gospel, that's a different thing. You know, that's that's what uh, that's where discernment comes in. And um, I know I've had situations where I've had people that have asked me questions, and because of their very questions, are so. Uh, you know, riddled with, you, uh, you can tell they're seeking for truth. Well, those people I will engage. I will engage those people, and I will try to answer their questions in a, with with the Word of God. You know, uh, but then there are those others that are what I call oppressors, and that they absolutely are trying to push your hot buttons. They're going to try to. Do anything they can to to persecute you and and uh, to come against Christ. Well, then that's a different issue. That's a different. So I think a lot of this, what we're talking about, really, is about discernment. And he says, "Love your enemies. Do good to those that persecute you, and spitefully use you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely." You know, we're told to turn the other cheek. We're told to walk the extra mile. We're told to give our our coat if we don't give our coat also, and so on. So, but what's so interesting about this whole subject <clears throat> is that we can find <clears throat> we can find two two principles. I think the first principle is that God has for Himself a people. Okay, and he has commanded those people to love their enemies, and so we're not to retaliate. We're not to, uh, you know, all these people have this preoccupation with, you know, going out and getting a gun and protecting yourself. And if somebody comes up to you, you know, and and you know, be ready to, you <laughs> be ready to take the fire, you know. And all these people are just on edge. They have their teeth are set on edge. The second principle is that our our lives on this earth in comparison to eternity is nothing. It's nothing. 
And I think that's what people forget. I mean, when I walk around in in this life, you know, today I drove up to, to, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I met, I saw a lot of people today. I had interaction with a lot of people and, and, uh, different people. And, and it's, it's amazing. It, it seems like the society is walking around with what I call, look what I got syndrome. That's what Tulsa is anyway. I don't know about other cities, but everybody's walking around with, look what I drive. Look at my tattoo. Look at this designer clothes. Look at these shoes. Look at this jewelry I picked up. It's it's look what I've got syndrome. And Larry comes on the scene and says, I don't want it. I don't want your clothes. I don't want your shoes. I don't want your cars. And I don't want your booze. You know. And but anyway, uh, Christ gives us the satisfaction. You know to. Even in the midst of all this, just he gives us peace of mind. Go ahead, Michael. Well, I just want to, you know, how I responded to the sodomite guy <laughs> after he, you know, basically hit on me, is I told him about Romans chapter 1, explained to him about idolatry as a Roman Catholic full of uh, <clears throat> pictures of Mary and all that in the house and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I said, you know, I explained to him, you know, that this is uh, recompense. This is judgment on you. <laughs> so I said, you know, oh. and I said, but listen, you know, uh, sodomy is, is wicked. But, you know, before a guy got a hold of me, I was a womanizer. And that was wicked, too. And God didn't like that. And I said, you know, there's still... You know, there's still hope for you. And then he says, well, you know, I i guess he says he's bi, but he hasn't been with anybody in a long time. And as far as the same sex, not, he's like dating two women. One, he's got a sugar mother, this mama that's like 70-something years old that pays for everything. And the other one's this, the one that he really likes, who's younger, and says he, he has to marry her and her. Catholic, a Catholic wedding type of thing, and I'm just like, it's just, uh, I know, first I'm grateful for what God's done for me and drawing me out of the world. I'm extremely grateful. But at the same token, but then he keeps, clearly he keeps throwing these people in my in, in my way, and that's better, there's a better way of saying this, introducing people like this, then I, and you know, there's a certain point you realize, well, you know, I'm not going to deny my faith, well, unless, um, you know, one-on-one or the person, I'm not going to deny who Christ is, or, you know, the Word of God, and somebody, you know, does something like that, like what that guy did, you know, I'm going to defend myself with the Word of God and hopefully help him out in the process, but it's funny how his whole his whole approach changed after that, you know. It's like <laughs> he started hearing me talk of, you know, you know, you know, speaking words of of Christ's words. But um, I just don't know. I just don't know what to do anymore. I don't know. Well, I do know what to do. I but I don't know. <laughs> but we got uh, countless of examples uh, in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the apostles like Paul and all this, um, but this is this is there's heavy stuff going on spiritually. Some really deep things happening around us, and um, I guess I'm trying to figure out why. Um, Maybe it's the wrong way of saying this, but why, you know, what do we do as followers of Christ? I mean, I know we, we turn to the Lord and all that, we get in his word. <clears throat> but at the same token, it's just like, well, you did this in a nutshell. You know, I wish, like the Noah, I wish his story was told in full because 
if our times are going to be, or in the near future, it certainly seems to be leading that way, the times of Noah, whatever that means, it's entirety. It sure would be nice yeah. to know what it'd be like to be like the only guy left, right? <laughs> you know, because I feel that way. I honestly do. I mean, uh, even the the brothers in Christ in this town, they're 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 not on the same wavelength. I mean, they. I think part of it's because they're uh, being the mind control, being under the mind control of the television, and I do believe that they. Tr- really do believe in Christ and all that, but it's like the things that come out of their mouth, I'm just like, how can you be so blind? How could you believe the things that you are saying? A, you can't justify it in Scripture, and B, certainly you should know better. But then, you know, is that me? I mean, is it me being judgmental? I mean, this is the thing. When it gets to this point, you know, and I'm 50 years, oh no, 48, almost 49 years old, and I got a little boy. <laughs> so there's not going to be a lot of guys like me out there to begin with, uh, raising them most of the time. I, I can't duck and cover. You know, I can't duck and hide. I got a son. And so I'm going to be exposed to these people in this world, and I am so disconnected from them all. And I don't know what to do. Because in the same token, if we're honest about things, when we're around people who are worldly for too long of time, too long of time, it rubs off on us. None of us are exceptions. No matter how we're steep in the Word of God. And so it's amazing how that can just evaporate. I mean, I can see guys who are raised in a devout Bible-believing family, end up joining the service or something like that. And by the end of boot camp, they're talking like, you know, like sailors and truckers, uh, truck drivers, and um, and they're losing it. I mean, I can see it in college. I see what happens. So, But things are so much different because this round of, of assaults the perversion, the sexual perversion, the deceptions, the fairy tales, the fables, the things that tickle the ears, this, that, that, all the, this is, I mean, seriously, this, these things are bad right now. They really are. And God, I don't think I can think of is that God is revealing to me how bad they are. Because it's like every time I reach out to, to the world, I get this kind of experience where some sodomite wants to get my pants or the guy that I knew is now a gal or the gal that was a Christian is now a Buddhist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and the, one of the, the things person, that I, the last person, the last person I ever thought would ever believe in the word of God and our Lord say Jesus Christ is me. What's going on, man? What's happening? <laughs> well, what do we do? One of the things. <laughs> well, you know, and you know what? It. I don't. I'm not trying to minimize what you're going through at all, Michael, because it is. It's. Uh, I mean, when you go in front of a, like a Quick Trip or something store, and you see out right in the parking lot three women making out together, you know, right out in front of God and everybody. I mean, it's. But you know. One of the things that I think we do have to remind ourselves of, be reminded of, put it that way, is that any, and and I don't mean to be facetious when I say this, because God, look, the foundation of God stands assured. He knows who are his, okay? But it doesn't stop there. In that verse, it says, the foundation of God stands assured. The Lord knows who are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Okay, now, if people are, are, you know, blatantly going on in their sins and carrying on this way, uh, at that point, at that point, they're enemies of Christ. 
They're enemies of Christ. Now, what I would strongly recommend, uh, you know, doing sometime when you get some time, and also to all of our listeners, too, is just sometime do a word study on enemies. Enemies. It's really enlightening. You know, all the way through the Old Testament, um, there were enemies of against God's people. They were coming against him. They were uh, they were trying to bring them down, not only physically, but but from a spiritual in a spiritual context. Now, in the New Testament, though, when it gets into the, the discussion about the enemies thing. Uh, what, what's so interesting about this is that we cannot minimize the fact that God has his enemies. In fact, he says he's going to put his enemies under his feet, you know. And so <laughs> um, I, I think that we have to realize we're living in a wicked, wicked, wicked world. And uh, and like you said about Noah... There were eight souls saved by water. That one thing we know is that the that the propensity for evil during that time, you know, was had taken over the whole known world. You know, and Noah preached for 120 years to these people, and they didn't hear him. Their ears had been stopped. <laughs> okay, and. How many times, well, I'll just read a few of these, just for an example. Psalms 18.3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Um, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them, neither did I turn again till they were consumed. Thou hast given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. He delivered me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. And on and on and on. I mean, it's quite a study. And it's not just in the Psalms. I mean, it's it's all the way through. And so if we believe that we're one of his, see, that's that's the real important thing. We know the only way that we can know that we're one of his is if we have faith to believe that we have been transformed by the image, you know, by the likeness in the likeness of his son. He says that all things have become new. And, and so this is something that I think, uh, when I walk around in this world, I have a real, like you said, I have a, um, you know, just like that one homosexual lady asked me how I knew somebody was gay, and she told me I'd have to put on my gaydar, and the gaydar was that if they, if you think they are, they are. Well, I put on my enemy radar, okay. And if I, if if a show, if a person is showing that they're an enemy of Christ, okay, what does Christ say? He says that he is going to bring his enemies. Now, at one time I was an enemy of Christ. While I was yet in my sins, Christ died for me. And so I have to be sensitive to whether a person is is searching for truth. There's a real interesting passage in the 27th Psalm. It says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Think about that. In other words, our prayer should be, Lord, you know, give us discernment because of these all these enemies around about me. You know, he says, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, such as breathe out cruelty. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Let let not them that uh, are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me, neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. <laughs> so there's just a few passages that we can, you know, and people don't want to talk about the imprecatory psalms anymore, but, you know, uh, David was a man after God's own heart. And... Um, 
he says in the 44th Psalm, But thou hast saved us from our enemies and put them to shame that hated us. You know, there is a number of promises in the Word of God that show that God has our backs. God has our backs. His elect. He's going to protect his elect. He's going to, now, he might bring us down physically to, we may have to be martyred for him and so on, but at some point, you know, um, he smote his he smote his enemies in the hinder parts. He put them to a perpetual reproach. Psalm seventy eight sixty six. Um, listen to this one: the enemies roar in the midst of thy congregations. <laughs> they set up their ensigns for signs. Psalm seventy four four. Uh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. You know. Um, but uh, I'm going to pause and and uh, let you uh, continue this thought about how we are to interact in the world with those who are enemies of Christ and those who are possibly, uh, you know, his elect, but yet have not uh, come to a saving knowledge of Christ. I don't know what to do except what I've been doing. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's about all you can do, you know. Yeah, I just uh, tell people that Jesus Christ is really the answer. He's, you know, yeah, he's he's not just some nice guy or good prophet. You know, he's God and came in the flesh, and he's he paid for our sins. He created us, created this world, and. uh, That's what I put my hope and my faith in. And um, <clears throat> the thing is, is that um, it's just, uh, I'm having a very hard time um, wanting to be in the world and care about what's going on. Uh, it's just, it's. I mean, it's such a charade, a charade charade, or whatever you want to call it, uh, um, men masquerading as if they are actually men when they're just adult, old, old children. And, um, and it's just, it's just uh, I, don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, and I think about my son, and you think, of, I just hope God will be merciful to him, and if he isn't, I don't know what else to do, so pray for but these um, vaccines and everything else and what's in the food I, I mean this makes you wonder you know it's turning an awful lot of uh, males into wanting to be females and vice versa there's something weird going on maybe it's all spiritual maybe it is demonic I don't know what it is I don't know the funny thing is is the funny thing is, is that it seems like the leadership of "quote unquote" Christendom don't either, and for some reason there's not enough information. Maybe there is, and we're just too blind to see it, or I'm too blind to see it. And the Word of God, maybe I want more information that's necessary. But um, uh, I just find this. I find it strange. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's, again, there, here's a contrast. Here's the contrast. Phil, Philippians 3.18. Now, this uh, is interesting. For many walk, of whom I've told you often and now telling you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. And many times... It's not really self-evident because there's so many people that are deceptive. But then we have to look at Colossians one twenty-one. It says, "And you that were sometimes alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled." That's what's happened to you and I. We were alienated. We were enemies in our minds and by wicked works, but he's reconciled us. And so I think that's the that's the 
that's what we have to realize is going on in our world with every single person that we come into contact with. That person is either a person who is yet to come to Christ, a person who will never come to Christ, or a person who's already you know, come to Christ because he's implanted uh, faith in them and they have, they have believed on him. Uh, and so that's the three people that are out there, either the, the reprobate, those yet who have to come or to come to Christ or those who have already uh, uh, been quickened by the Holy Spirit. And so I think that would ha- that will help us as we go through our life. I think it will give us a certain amount of discernment. Um, you know, there are those that 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 absolutely are are vessels of wrath fitted for destruction, and then there are those that are that are vessels of honor fitted for glory. And then you know, some are in limbo. In other words, they haven't uh, they have yet to be recipients of his grace, but they will be. Um, you know, he says, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? You know, the kings of the, have set themselves against the Lord and against his anointed. And, uh, but what Christ says, well, he is going to, you know, he is the victor. He is the victor, even though in this, you know, people, I used to know this old primitive Baptist minister, and he'd always say, in this time world, in this time world, he'd say, in this time world, here's what's going on, you know. Anyway, he says, uh, let us break their bands asunder and cast their cords away from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree... The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. And the utmost parts, I was one of those heathen that was given to Christ. I was one of those heathen. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, ye kings. Be instructed, ye judged earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest ye be angry and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So that really is the message, is that Christ is, uh, you know, he is long-suffering to those for whom he's died, and he is uh, loving and compassionate. And we, I think, are to show the same love to our enemies and it's not always easy to do. It's sometimes well, that's very. What, yeah. what is the loving thing to do? So, uh, think about this. You know, a sodomite that was hitting on me. Well, what was the most loving thing I could have done? Because I said, "Oh, that's okay." You know, um, but I'm straight. Or, you know, it wasn't no. Me. I I I, I know, think that. Uh, I I mean again. Tell, um, tell him the truth, you, you know, you, God, God, God. Is, I think you were, I, you, 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 you shared with him the truth of God's word. You know, you shared with him the truth of God's word. That's the highest love you could give anyone to share him the truth of God's word. You know, and uh, I'm surprised he didn't rail on you. The fact that he didn't rail on you is, is pretty significant because most uh, homosexuals that I've had to deal with, if you dare even mention the fact of the Bible, especially in context of the scripture you're talking about, they're ready to, you know, charge you with hate mongering and and bigotry and and homophobia and every other imaginable kind of thing. So uh, Well you know God I, 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 I discovered, you know, the way that to uh uh, neutralize their uh, argument is to say, listen, fornication, adultery, whether man or woman, almost be, it's almost, all these sexual deviant behaviors that we do are all God finds offense to. 
Right. No one is exempt to this. So whether your your thing is men or my thing is, you know, beautiful women with firm bodies, the fact of the matter is I'm when I was living in my you know, trespassing sins when it came to that, I mean God wasn't happy about it anymore he's happy you're gay. So there's really no us there's no you and I type of thing. We're all in the same boat together except you've got this this is the, what you have to deal with. And for me, it was, well, pretty women. Now, a lot of the world would say, well, yeah, that's okay. That's normal. You know, but that's, and still, that's, it's, just, it's still bad. I mean, you still had to repent from it. I still had to change. You know, I still had to, I still had to stop doing Well, and, you know, you know it's that scripture, all men, <laughs> all of sin and come short of the glory of God. I mean, you know, there's none righteous. There's no not one. I mean, we're all uh, leveled in our depravity. We're all born and conceived in sin, and, and that's a good point. However, there are those, and you know what I'm talking about, there are those out there, uh, whether you're talking to someone who is living in a promiscuous, adulterous, uh, heterosexual lifestyle, or you're talking to someone who's you know blatantly a sodomite, um, there are those out there that you, you know, you wouldn't dare even breathe anything about the Bible because, you know, a lot of those people are are so steeped in their um, uh, immoral lifestyle, whether whatever it is, that they don't want to they don't want to they don't want to be accountable to anybody. So, the fact you know there are there are different different kinds of sinners. There are sinners that are lost, and there are sinners that are reprobates. Okay, uh-huh. and you know a, repro- a reprobate is not lost. Only sinners are lost. Reprobates can never be found, and that's something. That's some, one thing we have to remember. And so, uh, you say, well, how can you tell the difference between a reprobate and a lost sinner? You can't any more than you can tell. I mean, Scripture tells us by fr- by their fruits you shall know them, meaning you know whoever, but Again, like I've said many times, we don't have election meters. We can't go around zapping people to determine, you know, who are God's sheep and who are not. But there are evidences of people who, it's just like, you know, when we're together, brother, we have a sweet kindred spirit because we love Christ. We love the we love what He did for us on the cross. We're trusting in His precious blood. And we believe that we're one of his based upon the faith that he's placed in our hearts, you know. And so, uh, but no, it's it's a it's a warfare we're in. There's no question about it. Definitely and, spiritual uh, warfare. And, then, you know, so the other aspect we didn't touch on you know, is the brothers in Christ. Um, because, so, you know, uh, it's very... Most of us, you know, are going to be walking pretty. I mean, we're not alone. I, I truly believe that when when I'm faithful in my prayer and, and faithful reading the Word of God and thinking of my Lord and Savior throughout the day, uh, I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone, and even when I'm not right. doing that, I still know I'm not alone. So there's a different type of thing, you know. That that thing when I was a man of the uh, the world. Uh, I, I was that the anxiety, the lonely feelings that everyone's going through. I had too. I don't have those anymore. Well, I have different issues now. I have like it's just like you know. I, I'll say you, you go to a church and you you, you walk away with scratching your head and going little 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 little, and then you you talk to somebody on the street. You meet somebody and you start scratching your head and going little little. You know, it's like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like I don't know if I'm not being tolerant or what, or it's just it's just it's just more the God's revealing to me. And I don't I hate to sound like a being judgmental, but and I don't think that I'm better than anybody else, hardly from it. But it's just what comes out of their mouths. Uh, it's it's just so petty, stupid, trifling nonsense um, at best. And I'm not saying better than anybody. I'm not. And I understand where they're coming from, all these folks, because I've been, I've walked in their shoes. So. 
and I'm certainly not very. It, it, I don't know what to say. Um, you know, one thing I, I, I will say uh, that I, I will say that has been, you know, really helpful uh, to me over the years, and I, I actually learned this from another brother in Christ. Uh, and so I'll, I'll share this, and if it if it's helpful, uh, good. If it isn't, in other words, take it if you can use it. If you can't use it, you don't use it. But when I'm when I am encountered, when I encounter somebody, you know, think about this. It, it, one of the things you pointed out is that when when you start having conversations with somebody, what comes out of their mouth is really, really telling, isn't it? What comes out of their mouth is really, really telling. So oftentimes, whatever they're communicating about will give you a guide as to where to go with the conversation. Now, I, I don't know, I'm not trying to give, you know, ABC techniques and stuff, but I, I will tell you that um, it you you can you can always find out where somebody's at by ask where they're at by asking certain questions you know and so one of the questions that i often ask a lot of people and it really i've yet to get anyone i've yet to get anyone not to answer this question and usually they'll always answer it in the affirmative. And I find this really interesting, especially those who've been brought up in Darwinian evolutionary theory. But I don't care if it's a, a, a 75-year-old man or a 6-year-old boy or girl. Uh, if I'm talking to someone, I'll say, hey, you know what, i got a question for you. And this may seem a little strange why I'm asking this to you, but... I'm just kind of doing a little survey, and I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> do do you hold do you hold that you're created? Do you do you believe you're created? And almost every time they'll say yes. Yeah, I believe I'm created. So you believe there's a God? Yeah. Do you really? Well, let me ask you this. You know, what what should be your relationship with your Creator? That gets it going. That gets it going because usually they'll go, I don't know. You know, I don't really, you know, a lot of times they'll say, uh, oftentimes I'll get this, I can tell immediately if it's somebody steeped in religiosity because they'll say, well, I accepted Jesus into my heart. You know, I I believe I, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, you can do a lot with that. You can say, well, can you tell me what that means and so on. But a lot of times people will say, I, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Although I've had people tell me that. What do you mean? I mean, how can I have a relationship with my creator, you know? And so sometimes if you just ask these questions, uh, what I call uh, open-ended questions, you know, and then you ask a closed-ended question. You know, the closed-ended question is, you know, do you, is a yes or no? Do you hold that you're created? And then you know, open it is well. What should be your relationship with your creator? So that's just an idea for you, for people. And and you know what? When people are mouthing off all of this stuff, <laughs> okay, whatever it is. I mean, some of the things I experienced today in the doctor's office. I mean, it it just unreal. You know what? what people see as important in their life, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, it's, it's, it's like we all <clears throat> behave like uh, Pavlov's dog. And, <laughs> and we're, we just, uh, you know, without Christ, you are an animal. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. And I think about without Christ and what my life would be like, it would be nothing about Except uh, getting things, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sexual gratification, uh, uh, things of this world. That's all there would be. It would just be. Yeah. For for most men and this society and culture and this world and uh, as at large, uh, operating in, in 
<clears throat> the way of the world should make you feel pretty uh, depressed, empty feeling, like a failure, like a loser, and you might as well do drugs and you, know, you might as well get drunk and do everything else. <laughs> really, because there's not much hope for the average man or woman in this world. Based on what everyone's been told is what success is, what the the pinnacle of life is, is to be a Donald Trump or a Hillary Clinton or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. of course, I look at those. I look at those those two characters today, and I see two fools. Um, yeah, caricatures and. Sad characters is that, and people are are idolizing them and making them up to be more than bigger than life, making them out to be gods and demigods. And um, <clears throat> I just this is this is a, I'm sure Larry, this is going to be a topic. We're going to be as long as God willing and you're willing to spend that evening with me. We're this going to be coming up over and over again as I learn how to. <laughs> Through Christ and through His Spirit and through other brothers in Christ and discipleship and all that kind of thing, learn what it really means to to be. Um, I, don't, I don't want to put the big burden on you, but I think we do need to talk about these things. At least I know I do. Um, at least you know, share our experience of what's going on, because <clears throat> I'm sure as you were just brought up today, your experience is very similar than, than my day. And I just like, I just, it's like it to me, I'm this, the world is like, it is, it's like going shopping to me now, but not in a materialistic thing, because there's a lot of things I just don't want. Let's say it's like going to the grocery store, get in and get out, get in and get out, get in and get out, because I can't stand being <laughs> there. I couldn't, I can't stand being in the mall. I can't stand spending too much time in the grocery store, and I can't stand spend too much time with the people in the world. I I don't feel that I'm better than them in, in any way, shape, or form. I just don't relate to them. You know what I mean? I just, just it, there's, there's well, it's, I, you know, you're, I talk you're to you, I talk to I talk to a man like you, brother in Christ, and I know there's a higher conversation. There's something much more greater to discuss. Our Lord says, well, you're, you know, you're, you're at, you know, you're absolutely right. What you've actually been, you sound like, you know, you, you know, who you sound like is you sound like Solomon. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, we, we could go through that, but vanity of vanities, all is vanity. You know, I've seen all the works that are done under the sun. Behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. You know, I said, in my heart, go to now. I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasures. And behold, this is all vanity. Then I looked at the works of my hands that wrought, and all the labor I labored. That was all vexation of spirit. You know, you sound like brother uh, brother Solomon. You know, <laughs> he went through the same thing, and and you know, as he progressed, he says, therefore, I hated life. Because the work that is wrought in the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit, and so on. And all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief. His heart taketh not rest in the night. And uh, he says, I consider all travail, and every right work that for this man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity. Then I return and saw vanity here, and he says, bereave my soul, and uh, he loves silver, and that didn't satisfy, and on and on he goes. And he says, um, for as the cracking of the thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This is vanity, and we know how he ended up, but, uh, you know, he ended up just saying all is vanity. Vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. But we know, we know what the solution is. That's the thing. We have the solution. And see, all these people out here that are experiencing this, 
they don't see it as vanity. They see this. I've had people tell, "Oh, I'm I'm very fulfilled. I'm very successful. I'm I'm. Do you know who I am?" I've had people say that to me. You know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) They don't even realize that they're nothing. They're less than grasshoppers, you know? I I had a guy one time. I used to work for this guy, and he he owned a company called Seville Corporation. And he'd go out for lunch, and I didn't even want to go to lunch with him because when he'd walk in to the restaurant the waitress say table for two or three he goes do you know who I am I'm Mr. Seville (laughs) (laughs) as if if they could care less who he was or what his company was he had a he had a he was a what he did is he sold government repos okay and he had an orange mobile home and it said Seville Corporation on the side, and then he had Unit Three on there. He only had one of them, but he wanted people to think he had three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd go, he'd take this orange mobile home, and he'd meet government REO people at the airport, and he'd serve them, you know, cocktails and dinner at the airport, and they'd come out and look at, and it was all fixed up. It was sharp motorhome, and he would. They'd come in that motor home and they'd see Unit 3 on the side. <laughs> all, it was all a facade. We've seen it. And he really thought he was something. I mean, he really thought this was this was all about ego. And see, that's all vanity. It doesn't mean anything to us, you know. All the materialism in the world, you know. And people all the time say... They can't understand, you know, the last the last 16 years, you know, that wasn't the first part of my life, okay? But the last 16 years, I lived in a little mobile home. And people look at me and they go, why are you living, you're trailer trash. I go, whatever, you know, I'm trailer trash, okay. I go, I could be, I go, you know, I could be living in one of, I says, you know, I own 13 uh, how I got I own three houses and I own real property. I could be living in a, a nice ha- a big old house, but I don't, I'm not interested in things. But see, God takes the desire away for things, sure and he, he he gives you a desire in spiritual things. You know. Oh yeah. And so anyway, you know, this is uh, well, we've been on for what about an hour or something, but. I see, see we still got a couple guests with us too, but we want to thank everybody for coming and joining. And you're right, we could get this is an endless, um, an endless journey. <laughs> yeah, I, I give you an idea of the clothes on my back and my and my jeans and everything. I don't think I spent five bucks for all everything I got on me. So, yeah. If that, if that, so. I can relate to that. I, I know brother. I, the, jeans, the jeans are free and uh, the underwear's free, so I don't know how much I spent for this. Teeth can't be more than a buck for the shirt. Anyways, um, thank you, brother Larry. Thank uh, you, Phillips, brother. Weatherby no, House Church, and uh, let's yeah, let's end this show now. Thank you for spending an evening with me. I needed it. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.